This week on Emerge Mobile First, a conversation with Peter Sheldon, VP Strategy at Magento. The whole thing of the shopping cart is a really antiquated experience. It's just not necessary in today's world. The idea of, hey, I got to type in my shipping address and I have to register and you know put in my credit card number, all of that should just go away. Welcome to Mobile First. You'll find bonus tools, expanded information, and key takeaways on our website, EmergeMobileFirst.com. For a quick and effective way to level up your mobile strategy, again, that's EmergeMobileFirst.com. Peter is a well-known industry expert in e-commerce and omnichannel technology. Having previously held the role of Vice President and Principal Analyst at Forrester Research, where he spent five years leading Forrester's global research on digital commerce technologies, helping to challenge the thinking and lead change for e-commerce executives undertaking major digital transformation and commerce technology programs. Today, Peter leads corporate strategy and business development for Magento. Peter, thank you for joining us today. I'm really excited to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jordan. Likewise. Yeah, absolutely. And what I like to do at the beginning here is dive into your origin story, really get to know who you are and what shapes your perspective to dig into the insights we're about to dig into. So personally, I'm really passionate about how and why things work kind of coming from my entrepreneurial background. And then with mobile technology being in everyone's pocket, you know, how that enables this understanding of what's happening in the world. So for you, Peter, what are you most passionate about in your profession and why? I think in my profession, I get pretty passionate about what I would call sort of disruption. You can call, you know, broaden it to digital disruption. But, uh, you know, what, what gets me sort of excited and up in the morning is being able to deliver new innovations that completely disrupt the way we used to do things. And so, you know, think of it, you know, the, the classic example everyone always cites is sort of, you know, Uber and, you know, we can talk about sort of the Uber, Uberfication of experiences, but it's really about making life simpler and, you know, removing friction from our everyday lives, you know, you know, making experiences just better and seamless and sort of intuitive. And there's a lot of things that we go through day to day that we really don't need to go to. And so I think, you know, what really gets me excited is how we can leverage technology and obviously mobiles at the forefront of, of all of this disruption, but leverage technology to, to make our daily lives easier. So what's kind of at the root of this passion for efficiency for you? Was it something involved in your upbringing? Was it your environment? Was it some big challenge you faced? What was it? I don't know if I can sort of put a stake in the ground as to where the roots were, but I know exactly what it is. I'm a very impatient person. So (laughs) I think for me, it it is a little bit, you know, it's very personal. Like I hate queuing. I'm all about efficiency. You know, in, in my career, I do a lot of corporate travel for work and I show up at the airport, you know, at the, the time when boarding starts and I, I have all the tools of the trade to get through the TSE pre and to, you know, skip the queues and the lines. And, you know, yeah, I, I might be the last guy on the plane, but uh, I think it is sort of that sort of personal drive for just an efficient life. I don't like kind of wasting time. I think perhaps where it all started was um, maybe sort of at, at university for me, you know, I actually did an engineering degree and it was a lot of intuition and, and I guess that sort of discipline did a sort of degree in manufacturing engineering and, you know, using sort of Kanban techniques and sort of just in time. And, and perhaps that maybe where it all started. But, you know, a lot of this comes just from the fact I'm, I'm fairly impatient. <laughs> so then can you walk us through that path then from, 
the university and then getting into a developer role in an automotive industry and then getting into data research and now strategy of e-commerce. Can you maybe walk us down that path and, and talk about the pivots and personal growth you made along the way? Yeah, it's a kind of interesting journey. I mean, you know, as a kid, I always liked sort of, you know, building things and Lego and so forth. So yeah, that fairly logically took me to doing sort of mechanical manufacturing engineering degree at university. So, you know, I, I certainly left university thinking that I had to be, you know, mechanical manufacturing engineer, design and, you know, figure out how to build things. But then my first job was with Ford Motor Company in the UK. And first week there, I was kind of was in the, in the factory, in the, in the plant, and sort of, you know, it became sort of fairly clear that actually maybe this wasn't the right thing for me, and it was a bit of a sort of shock to the system. And I was just really lucky at the, at the time, this was just sort of, you know, a year or so before sort of the, the dot-com bust in the sort of the, the late 90s, and this is when e-commerce was taking off, and, and there was this really interesting project going on at Ford of, to attempt to sell cars online, which was just so kind of ahead of its time. I mean, even if you fast forward to where we are today, you know, the only company doing this is Tesla. Mm-hmm. You know, back then, uh, almost 20 years ago, you know, Ford tried to do this in, in the UK. Uh, and this was a big project. It was a kind of really high profile project. And, and somehow I managed to get myself involved in it and got myself out of the, the factory and sort of in, in the head office and started learning how to code. You know, it was a you know fairly major career change very early yeah. on. You know, I was lucky. It was, you know, I was at a company that sort of was very supportive of doing this. They, they had a bit of a culture to actually put... Um, non-software engineering background folk into the sort of software engineering sort of discipline. So that's how it kind of all started. I see. And then can you talk about the transition then to JP Morgan Chase? What was that like? I spent three years at Ford, mostly working on, on actually two separate e-commerce projects and, and mm-hmm. really got kind of hooked on e-commerce. Spent a couple of years at JP Morgan Chase. That sort of led me a little bit away from being a developer, more to doing sort of business analysis type work. I guess was a, a little bit of a path to, you know, more of where I am today, which is more sort of on, on the strategy side. You know, after that, jumped from the uh, the European side of the pond, where it's based in the UK, over to uh, to North America, where, where I've lived in the last 14 years, and started working with a small uh, startup software company that, that had an e-commerce platform. And so, you know, I, I really love the e-commerce space and, you know, selling online and just kind of got hooked on it. And, um, you know, from the early days of Ford, so, Peter, that makes a lot of sense, you know, from that that developer perspective and making that that interesting shift into e-commerce based on what Ford was doing. Can you maybe talk about now fast forwarding a little bit from there into Forrester Research and what really caught your eye from that like data driven approach? Yeah, so I'd, I'd spent a, a number of years, you know, software development and being on, on the vendor side. And I had this sort of unique opportunity to join Forrester and get and into the research side of things. And, and this is really fascinating. The role of Forrester was... I think game changing for me and, and for my career because it, it's this very sort of unique position where you get to do primary research. You get the privilege and sort of unique opportunity to have literally dozens of conversations every day, day in, day out with senior leaders, you know, C suite VPs. And so, you know, that ability to have all these conversations and to hear the challenges and issues that, you know, senior e commerce leaders are facing. And then to be able to apply research to that and do primary consumer research through surveys and interviews and, and really sort of try and predict where things are going and a little bit. You're, you're trying to be the, the futurist and, and, and have the crystal ball and use research to not just 
predict where things are going, but also to be able to sort of drive insights and, and, and recommendations to those senior leaders in terms of what they should be doing in terms of the investments they should be making and, and the strategies that they should be doubling down on. So you say it was that Ford experience that really got you hooked on commerce and then you pursued that same path in the research in Forrester or did something happen within the Ford? No, that's it exactly. I mean, I got pretty hooked on, I guess, geeking out in, in the world of e-commerce and, and I've kind of been there ever since. Got it. Okay. So this is all kind of like a move to getting to e-commerce specifically. So is this kind of all part of the plan to get to something like a Magento? I don't know. It's all part of a master plan, but certainly, <laughs> and obviously sort of seniors, you know, role, you know, heading up a strategy for Magento and the sort of, you know, market leader in the e-commerce technology globally. Mm-hmm. It's a really fascinating role because I get to so, you know, some pretty involved decisions as to, you know, what are the technologies that we're going to be investing in and doubling down on inside of our platform that's going to power, you know, the sort of the next evolution in e-commerce that's going to, you know, our merchants will be using in a few years time. Yeah. And I'm really excited to dig into that a little bit later in the episode, kind of the evolution of what's going to be emerging in e-commerce. And I guess for those of you just briefly touched on it, what Magento does, can you maybe Dig into that a little bit deeper for those of us who maybe don't know much about Magento and give us a quick description of who you guys are and what you do. Magento is um, the sort of global market leader in, in enterprise e-commerce platforms. So yeah, we have over a quarter of a million merchants globally who use the platform to power their e-commerce sites from you know smaller mom and pop shops right up to large global enterprises who use Magento. So we have clients globally, you know, the platform transacts over uh, $100 billion of revenue annually in terms of processed e-commerce transactions. So it's a really fun place to be just because we have this hugely diverse global you know, set of clients. Uh, it's just fascinating to see you know, all the different ways in which they leverage the platform and sort of the innovations that come out of uh, you know, what we affectionately refer to as our, as our ecosystem. And the volume, that's crazy, right? The amount of insights you can probably gather from just that much volume. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you know, the insights of the transactions and what's driving those transactions is fascinating to use our sort of, you know, BI platform and BI tools and look at the the trends and and, then, you know, the changing landscape for sure. So currently, as the VP strategy at Magento, what are your main focuses? What are you mainly focused on right now, given the landscape and your role? There's a lot of things. But, you know, if we start focused on sort of the key technologies that we believe are, are going to sort of change the way in which consumers shop and interact. There's a couple of things. I mean, certainly AI, machine learning, I think are going to have a big impact in in, in our space in e-commerce. I think it's going to impact the merchants as well as the, the consumers or the shoppers who buy on e-commerce sites. So if we think about the merchants themselves, it, it's really going to help them sort of drive efficiency. You know, there's a lot of sort of manual, what we call merchandising tasks that, uh, you know, merchandisers do day in, day out, deciding, you know, what products are going to promote pricing strategies, offers, these type of things. And, and not necessarily all of it, but certainly there's, there's chunks of that that can be automated through machine learning and AI. And even if it's not fully automated to drive better results, uh, you know, it's a very results-driven, orientated business. You know, merchants really, they care about two metrics the average order value of the shopping cart and, and the conversion rate, you know, how many people successfully buy when they, when they visit a, an e-commerce site. And so anything that we can do to leverage AI and machine learning to, to drive higher conversion rates on, on e-commerce sites, that's a core part of um, sort of the investments that we're making. It can certainly impact the, the consumer and the shopper as well. You know, if we think about things like chatbots where 
consumers may not actually, you know, interact through a website or a mobile site in the future, maybe like entirely sort of voice driven. And they're actually talking to a chatbot to ask questions about a product, to understand, you know, capabilities of something they're buying and ratings and reviews, and then ultimately make the purchase. So there's a big shift, I think, from what you know, has been very sort of visual based, you know, whether it's keyboard mouse or sort of touchscreen interaction to definitely, I think we'll see a you know, shift to much more of a sort of voice based interaction going forward. Hmm. And so I guess with the evolution of these key technologies, uh, how is mobile playing into the strategy and the things that you're looking at? Mobile has been probably the single most disruptive thing that's happened in this industry. You know, if we go back not too far, I'd say five, six years ago, and mobile really was, you know, a tiny fraction of, of sort of e-commerce revenue, you know, but typically most merchants five, six years ago were seeing one, two percent of their total online sales coming through mobile. You know, where we are today is just a transformational shift. So in today's world, you know, mid-2017, most of our merchants are seeing around about 80% of their total site traffic coming from mobile. And for many of our merchants, you know, half of their revenues now is coming from mobile. So we've gone a place of mobile dominance. You know, we often refer to it as mobile first. I think we're rapidly going beyond mobile first to a world where it's mobile only. And this is something I'm very passionate about. I think with the right mobile experience, it's actually far easier to shop on a mobile, a touchscreen enabled mobile device than it is using a, a laptop or desktop. So I think we're going to rapidly move to a world where the vast majority of e-commerce transactions are only done on mobile devices. That's awesome. <laughs> and so with that transition, you know, what are the key things that you focus on for a mobile only experience? Like what are some of the things from that e-commerce perspective that you're looking that brands start to adopt or look to look into further? There's a couple of hurdles that are sort of in our way at the moment that, you know, preventing us getting to this sort of utopia of mobile only. And so it kind of takes us back to this great debate of mobile apps versus mobile web. And, you know, mobile apps, I think, experience-wise, absolutely get us there. You know, a mobile app is typically very fast, very interactive, uh, a very slick experience. It can leverage the native capabilities of the phone. And, and so... If you look at just even, you know, best in class mobile apps like like Amazon and so forth, you know, they're very, very easy to use, very easy to shop on. And, you know, I would argue easier to shop on than using the same Amazon site on your desktop or, 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 or laptop. It's just easier to touch a screen than it is to move a mouse around. Mm -hmm. Challenges, though, for the vast majority of merchants is that mobile apps are incredibly expensive to develop. And secondly, the consumers will only generally download an app and install it on their home screen and, and sort of use it if they have a very frequent interaction with the brand. So it's great if you're if you're Home Depot and you've got you know your your customers as a contractor who's buying from you multiple times a week, of course they're going to use a mobile app and they're going to be a power user. But you know, certainly in things like fashion and apparel, a lot of customers only buy from the brand once, twice a year, and they're not going to install a mobile app and keep it on their on their device when they only use it twice a year. So it sort of we take we then fall back to well the mobile web. You know, obviously that's sort of the very easy access, you know, is ubiquitous, everyone has access to it. But mobile web experiences are still a bit clunky they're slower. The scrolling as you're going through product results is choppy. And, uh, you know, it doesn't have that slick experience uh, that an app does. And so, you know, one of the things that we're very excited about Magento is a sort of emerging mobile web technologies, specifically AMP and PWAs, which is an acronym for progressive web apps, which are going to bring a lot of the advantages of a native app 
you know, speed experience, you know, very slick sort of app-like experience, but bring that into the mobile browser. So you can just go to your browser and get a, a really amazing mobile experience. So I think, you know, this is something that at Magento, we're making a big investment in is progressive web apps. And because we believe that's the sort of the next frontier in terms of, you know, the mobile user experience. And is there a specific point along the buyer's journey or friction point that these mobile web apps focus on that you're currently focused on? Because I mean, there could be an app for a lot of things along the supply chain or a lot of consumer facing experiences. Is there a couple of specific experiences that you're focused on? Yeah, I mean, we're mostly focused on the consumer experience. So, you know, we, our clients are online merchants, mm-hmm. whatever it is they're selling, but it, you know, it could be an apparel company. So, you know, for us, it's mostly the consumer facing experience. It's that shopper who's looking to buy online, who you know, opens their browser, goes to their merchant's website, and they just want a, a really amazing mobile experience that removes all the friction from, from the shopping process. Maybe expanding upon that shopping process, is there a specific point in that journey or are you trying to really focus on the entire shopping journey you can break the journey down into sort of multiple steps you know there's certainly Mm -hmm. what we would call sort of the the exploration and discovery phase so that's when you're browsing products you you perhaps don't know exactly what it is you need to buy so there's some sort of you're going through that search that that what we call browsing fasted navigation you're going back and forth and looking at all different products comparing products Mm -hmm. reading ratings and reviews and you want to be able to do that very very fast kind of comes back to this impatience topic like there's a lag if there's a delay and you click the back button but then you have to wait you know two and a half seconds on a 3g network for the page it's just horrible you're really looking for that sort of almost real-time instant gratification every time you you make a, a touch to go from one page to the next you want it to be almost instantaneous that's really key and then you know when you kind of get to that point of making a purchase decision okay yeah this is a product i need i'm going to add it to my cart well the whole thing of the shopping cart is a really antiquated experience it's just not necessary in today's world the idea of hey i got to type in my shipping address and i have to register and you know put in my credit card number all of that should just go away if i want to buy you know like this is where i think apple pay is very disruptive just you know put my fingerprint on the phone and done. I purchased. So, you know, that sort of instant gratification purchase. So I think we'll see for the most part, the shopping cart will kind of go away. It just isn't needed anymore. Hmm. Very interesting. And so, you know, talking about some of these trends and, you know, coming from that research role at Forrester, which I'm sure you still dig into market data and trends religiously. Am I right? Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I guess in your research, what do you see coming in e-commerce that the rest of us don't, that we should all prepare for? I think we can expect the the checkout as, as we know it today, this sort of four-step or two-step checkout. The idea of entering your credit card number, that that's going to go away very, very quickly with digital wallets, with Apple and Android Pay and all the, all the innovations there. You know, we're just not going to do that anymore in the future. You know, We're going to have multiple payment options that are activated you know, through you know, fingerprint or digital identity facial scanners, whatever. The same way we kind of laugh if we see chess, you know, player today, we're going to laugh when we sort of actually see someone take a credit card out of their wallet. So the, the concept of the checkout process as we know it today is just going to go away. We'll look back on this, you know, five, 10 years from now and kind of laugh that we actually went through that sort of that much friction to buy. I, I mentioned voice earlier. I, I think a lot of mm-hmm. that navigation of, you know, discovering what it is I want to buy and that'll move to more of a sort of voice-based experience where you'll you'll use a, a sort of natural language phrases and you and you'll talk to your phone 
and explain to your phone what it is you want. Uh, and then the phone will sort of display results. You'll be able to you know, make a purchase just by talking to your phone and and you know that purchase will happen. I think it could go further, and this may seem very far fetched, but we've seen you know Elon Musk obviously investing in a, a sort of neurology company, and we may even get to the point where we can just think a purchase. <laughs> it seems funny and far fetched, right. but we're kind of halfway there already. You know, we've got the Amazon Dash buttons that we can you know put on our washing machine when we, when we run out of washing detergent and just press the button. Well, you know, why do I need to press the button? Surely I can just think that I run out of detergent. So you know, I, I think. What I call sort of instant gratification purchases, just this ability to just like, I know I need it, just just get me it, just order it. Mm-hmm. Just to be so simple, that it's almost like just as simple as a thought. And that thought triggers a delivery on my door, you know, two hours later. So again, some of this might seem a little far-fetched, but we're really actually quite close to getting there. And, and the techno- it's not really technology that's hindering us getting there. I mean, I think you bring up a lot of interesting concepts and obviously they're spaced differently based on where the technology is at to be able to implement them. But I guess for more of the near term things, you know, with Apple Pay and limiting the checkout and some of these little efficiencies, I think that can be created right now. How should we prepare for those? Like as a brand, as someone who's investing into technology, where should I look first and how should I prepare? We're headed to a mobile only world. I mean, you know, if you're operating outside of North America and you're in you know, Asia Pack, then you're already there. They started on mobile, it's mobile only. They just don't use desktop and, and, and laptop devices or even tablet devices for making purchases. Everything is done through mobile. And I think, you know, North America or Western Europe is absolutely headed in that direction. So when you think about the investments you're going to make in the next 12 months, 18 months, it should all be focused on how do we get to mobile only? How do we make our mobile shopping experience just classes better than our desktop shopping experience to the point that even if we have a desktop website, no one will ever feel the need to use it because they're just so happy with their mobile shopping experience. So I think that's what you need to focus on. And I guess it was the second part of your question of like, well, what does that mean in terms of the investments you're making? Mm -hmm. I think, again, it's looking at really benchmarking your current mobile website and saying, is it as good as a best-in-class mobile app? And almost certainly, in most cases, the answer will be no, it's slow. It's difficult to navigate. It's still sort of inheriting concepts from the desktop, like radio buttons. There's no place for radio buttons on a mobile website. You need a large touch, you know, single touch buttons. So the drop-down lists, again, there's no place for drop-down lists in a mobile experience. So it's really focusing on sort of those issues and looking at, you know, what's the next phase of technology. And like you say, and I think we're, we're putting a lot of focus on progressive web apps as one of the, the core technologies that is going to make the mobile web experience better going forward. I like that. I really want to reiterate those things because I think those are really actionable takeaways to leave with here. And so really it's, you said benchmarking. So really just looking at all the different ways that you're interfacing with your customers and starting to rank them, right? And how you compare to a mobile experience and looking at that user experience and that the user interface and figuring out ways to start to document and track. I think. From that data standpoint, being able to understand how people are actually engaging with that and then creating some sort of mobile strategy to move forward. And I think that those were all great points that you brought up and definitely actionable takeaways. Was there anything else that you would like to add to that? I mean, I think the only thing, again, is just this, you know, make sure you're obsessing about the reality that we're rapidly approaching a mobile-only world. And so if you're mm-hmm. a desktop site does things that your mobile site doesn't, well, you're in the wrong place. It should be the other way around. 
we're kind of almost entering the sort of year now where it's, it's, it, all of the 100% of the functionality should be available on the mobile site. And if there's some things that the desktop site doesn't do, well, that's probably okay. So it's, it's just, again, it's a mind shift. Mm-hmm. So Peter, you know, what's the coolest thing you're working on right now that you want everyone to check out? I'll say I've mentioned this a number of times for, for the listeners listening to this podcast. If you haven't researched what progressive web apps are and you haven't looked at one and played with one and sort of, you know, researched what this new emerging technology is, go do it. Because I think, you know, at Magento, we're certainly believers that this is going to be quite a disruptive technology. And in the same way that you know, a few years ago, we all invested in building responsive websites and sort of responsive was the way that we brought a, a usable experience onto the, the mobile browser so we didn't have to pinch and zoom anymore. We, I think we see progressive web apps as being sort of the next evolution, the next step now in mobile technologies that are going to bring really fast, slick, really engaging experiences to the mobile web browser. So that would be sort of one of my takeaways for the listeners is go, go Google PWAs and, and learn about them. Yeah, and I might link to some of the articles too in the show notes for everyone to go check out here on Peter's episode. And then Peter, I guess, do you have maybe one or two examples of a PWA that you've used recently that you thought was pretty cool? Still sort of in the nascent phase of adoption. I mean, there are a couple of kind of good reference ones out there. Lancome is is a good one to look at. So where should we go to keep tabs on your work? It's not just myself. You know, Magento is a large ecosystem of developers globally who create some you know pretty cool sort of innovations around e-commerce so mm-hmm. i mean certainly you know follow the magento blog and you know as it relates to you know specifically sort of e-commerce there's a couple of other great podcasts out there that um you know track a lot of the trends in, in the e-commerce space that uh, you know really sort of recommend adding to your podcast list great and do you have a couple of those at top of mind yeah a couple of definitely ones to uh, to tune into would be um one called the Jason and Scott show is a yeah. great one. Another one is called future commerce. So if you listen to the Jason Scott show and, and future commerce, definitely a couple of sort of top notch, you know, e-commerce specific podcasts that sort of cover all the emerging trends in, in e-commerce. Awesome. And so I'll make sure to, to link to those in, in the show notes as well. And then everyone there you have it, make sure to go check out the Magento blog to see some of the things they're up to and, and some of the things that Peter's very passionate about to keep your eye on his work. And so also make sure to tune in this Friday for a rapid fire round where Peter's going to be sharing some of his most valuable resources. Well, Peter, thanks so much for joining us today and really digging into what's coming and what to be aware of and really digging into some actionable takeaways too. I really like that we were able to expand on some of the things that, that are coming here in the future and, and have some step-by-step to focus on and potentially invest in now. Again, thank you for taking the time to join us today. It was a pleasure. Great. Well, listen, thanks for having me, Jordan. Great to be in a talk on your podcast. Hey, thank you for listening. Make sure to tune in this Friday for this week's guest resources from our rapid fire question round. And I'm always happy to be a resource in any way that I can. So visit emergemobilefirst.com to reach out to me directly or for additional insights, resources, and bonus tools that can help catapult your organization to the next level. Until next time, think mobile first.